Thank you for joining us here on Nerds from the Crypt, the podcast that reviews your favorite horror movies, series, books, and comics. We also invite indie creators to come on to talk about their upcoming horror projects. I'm your host, Saul. And I'm David. And today we're going to go ahead and talk to a indie creator who is doing a twist on one of my favorite properties. And we'll, we'll go ahead and just bring him in. Uh, Eric, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Um, we're doing. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm. I'm pumped to be able to talk about this. Um, this project because, like I said, it is one of my favorite properties. Growing up, um, I always make sure to to watch it whenever it was on TV. There was a couple of cartoons version of it. I everything anytime I, I would I would make sure to watch and 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 read and and so forth. So I'm very very happy to talk to you about this project. Awesome. Sorry, I didn't get I didn't get your last name. I was it's Eric Hawkins. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, Eric, before we talk about the project itself, uh, what I'd like to do is uh, ask, what is your your background or how did you come around with, with the horror genre? Uh, you know, I've always been a, a light horror movies and stuff like that and uh, read some Stephen King novels here and there. Uh, uh, Supernatural is probably one of my favorite shows. But I wasn't allowed to really watch horror when I was a kid. Uh, my mom liked horror, but she didn't want me to be watching it. So I didn't get to start watching all the classics until later, unless it was like the Universal Monsters that came on Saturday morning with uh, with uh, Abbott and Costello with them or them by themselves. But usually Saturday morning or Sunday morning here in St. Louis, we had a, when I was a kid back in the 70s, there was three movies and one of them would usually be one of the Universal Monsters movies. As of right now, do you still go out and listen, watch all, all the horror movies, or do you not do as much? I usually have to wait for them to come to a Netflix or something like that, because the wife does not like horror movies at all either. <laughs> and unfortunately, this is my second wife that doesn't like horror movies. <laughs> I have the same the same issue. Every once in a while, she'll join me in the theater to, to watch. Like The last one we watched was uh, Halloween. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, she really enjoyed it, though. Um, really, really um, fun way for her. But uh, most of the time, I have to wait for it to either come out on on DVD or or go out and um, and open my go by myself, which is never fun. <laughs> no, no, it is. It, it just takes away from the experience going by yourself. Yeah, I, I like going with people who've never who've never seen the movie or who've never don't know what to to expect because it's like you like you trying to see them to see what, like what they're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any movies in the last 10 years that have really sparked you of a horror genre? Ooh, uh, I kind of lose track of time lately with movies. I really like the um, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Grindhouse features, but I'm pretty sure that was longer than 10 years ago now. It was probably closer to 15. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. He makes some great Grindhouse movies. Yeah. I was bummed that that movie, that the double feature um, setup didn't work, but I think it's because people didn't know what to expect or what. No, what yeah, I didn't think they understood how how it was supposed to work. <laughs> yeah, because I think they they didn't they re-release them individually and they did a lot better that way. Yes, they did. Yeah, so I think I think it's because people weren't used to the grindhouse um, setup and they were like, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> no. Yeah. So. The project that you're here to talk to us about is the Zombie Fool World of Oz. Can you tell us a little bit about this project? Oh, yeah. I, I started work on this project probably about, oh, five years ago. 
I kind of wanted to do a zombie comic book, but I didn't know what I wanted to, you know, link it up with or how it would work. Cause there's a lot of zombie stuff out there nowadays. I mean, it's everywhere you turn there's zombie stuff. And, uh, so I thought, well, you know, the wizard of Oz is kind of cool. What if, uh, what if there were zombies in the Wizard of Oz? How would that play out? So I started developing that in my head and trying to decide what to do with that. And I spent probably most of the five years leading up to actually releasing the, the Kickstarter here, designing the characters along with the story. Then uh, once I got all that down in my head, I was, uh, I was able to get the first issue penciled, inked, colored, written, lettered, all by me, and uh, sent it off to a friend of mine that can edit for me so uh, i didn't have any spelling errors and i decided to launch my kickstarter did, did you grow up liking oz or is it something more that just like you said just kind of like oh that'd be interesting well i've always liked oz you know like like you were saying uh earlier it seemed like when i was growing up every year it came on i i don't remember when it came on during the year but it came on it was like an event for us so we all sat around the tv and watched it every year Oddly enough, I think it's for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it, it might be Thanksgiving. I never could remember what time of the year it was. So, it was uh, <laughs> yeah. So I got interested in that, and then uh, you know I started reading the books. And uh, the the book. Have you ever, if you've never read the books, you should really look into reading the books. They're kind of dark and twisted. Mm -hmm. Well, even I guess the, the Tin Man story changed a lot for the movie, just so that it wouldn't be so graphic. I guess and it's a children's book, but it, it was it yeah. was. Like, Graphic just, and traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, he had to yeah, add chop problem. off every piece of his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When replaced it with 10, just. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, it's just, it's just like, like I said, when I was reading that, I was like, what in the world's going on here? Cause I, I read it more as an adult already because I was like, well, you know what? I was able to find it on, uh, where was it? It was, it was, I think it was on either Kindle or google the google books i was like for free because it's oh yeah it's domain already so i was reading it and i'm like wow this is a lot different from what i remember the movie being because the movie is a lot more colorful a lot more cheerful and it's a musical and um there's a lot that, there's a lot of horror that can come from Wizard of oz if you, if you oh just, yeah definitely like, i mean <laughs> the, the books are completely different from the movie and i didn't realize that until you know i got older because uh, i thought you know they were all based I, you know when i was a kid and that i thought every movie based on a book was exactly like the book mm -hmm. <laughs> that is not correct i um, remember what is it like Maddie <laughs> that i went to a um went to a video rental and i found we returned to oz and I rented it and I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. And I'm like, this is a lot scarier than the first one. What the heck happened? <laughs> uh, maybe turn to us. Is that that's the one with the wheelers and the. Um, yes. Yeah. With, yeah. Yes. Um, but I was always confused because I'm like, what, what? What's going on here? Why is she so much smaller? Because back then I didn't I, I had no like concept of like continuity or I, right. I, I guess I did have a concept of continuity because I was having an issue. But then, then I was my uncle's like it's it's different actors and all that so don't 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 get cut up on that I'm like okay I guess and yeah that that movie had headless uh, witches had a uh, wheelers it had the gnome king it, it, oh it was it, it it scared me but I loved it and even to this day I still I still um, look for it to, to be able to put on it's, it doesn't come out a lot but um, whenever I if I ever do watch see it on on TV I'll, I'll make sure to watch it. Oh, cool, cool. Um, so, a zombie full world of Oz. Um, you already told us how kind of the idea came here, but what uh, what can you tell us about the actual story that, to kind of 
help our our readers get hooked or listen to our listeners i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah definitely it's um basically dorothy when she came back from oz the first time um started telling all of her family and friends about oz and they thought she was crazy so they had her committed <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's been in you know, a mental institution for the past 10 years or so and uh she finally gets released because she's now cured she doesn't believe in the cowardly lion and tin man and and scarecrow and witches and flying monkeys and any of that stuff anymore so she starts to uh try to have a normal life and um the zombie winky guards show up in Kansas to try to capture her and take her back to Kansas. I saw the 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 art for the Scarecrow, Tin Man, and the Lion, mm-hmm. but I was really glad to see that you still um, had them uh, show up as their their original version, uh, you know, or I guess their classic version um, in, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we kind of get to, we kind of get to see where Scarecrow gets his new new look from, which I got to say the new looks look look pretty awesome oh thank you i appreciate that what are the ideas Tin man he was just when i started designing him it just wasn't working out he was because i wanted to be kind of a steampunkish uh look to him and you know his his, his body would be a stove and it'd heat the, the water in his chest to keep his heart going because he doesn't have any flesh and he started looking out like a trash can <laughs> so <laughs> i kept just bulking him up bulking him up bulking him up till i got the look i like there did you um it gives off a very steampunk vibe, but very, um, very fresh reimagination, especially with the scarecrow. I would say, um, how did you come about sort of these new character designs? Well, I'll tell you, the scarecrow, um, he kind of uh, Snake Eyes from GI Joe and Spider Man Noir when the video game came out. I was that's about kind of, to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where the look came from because I, I really liked you know, the mask with goggles. I was like, that kind of looks cool, and. Uh, some of the early sketches, a lot of them were wearing trench coats and top hats and derbies and stuff like that. Yeah, I just, I just want to kind of have a different feel, but kind of make them look cool. And, yeah. Uh, How did you decide between um, what to pull from the L. Frank Frank Baum books as well as the movie, and then putting your own spin on the story? Well, that's the interesting part. All, all of Baum's books are in public domain, but anything from the movie is not. So you have to be very careful what you uh, pull from the book, the movie, uh, like the ruby slippers. The ruby slippers are only in the movie. In uh, the actual book, they're silver shoes. So I had to steer away from anything that I had trained myself watch, watching when I was a kid and learn because I hadn't read the book. So I got older. I had to kind of throw the movie out. And just stick with the books. So, you know, I knew there was, uh, you know, the, the main characters. Uh, the Wick, Wick, Wicked Witch will show up eventually. And, you know, I have her with an eye patch. I had to design her with an eye patch as well. Um, the zombie guards or the, the winky guards are actually uh, yellow. But in the movie, they were green. And some of my early concepts, I drew them green. So I had to change the color on those because I didn't want to get any trouble there. So, yeah, I went through and read uh, all the books and listened to then listen to them while I was working at work uh, through uh, casts and stuff. And um, I took what I liked about the characters and just kind of merged them into a more adult setting. It's very rare that you'll see the Ruby slippers. Cause I feel, I, I don't feel anybody's going to want to pay to, to be able to put them into their, in, in their work. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> and, you know, and we're all ingrained that they were Ruby slippers because of the movie. And most people don't know they were silver shoes. 
have you seen any of the other like like I'm saying the the reboots of the of Wizard of Oz? Uh, there was like Tin Man on Sci-Fi and all that. It, yeah, I did watch that one in the beginning. I didn't. Uh, I I I liked the the premise of it. I thought it was interesting in the first, but I didn't finish watching the series. Um, I did like the uh, new James Franco movie. There's there was a. a- Emerald City that came out, but I don't think it did well. I just watched the first couple of episodes and then I got move. I was started moving and then I didn't work out of finish watching it and it got canceled after one season. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch any of that. I remember it coming out and I think there's a new cartoon on right now on um, maybe Prime. Oh yes, I did see that. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I did see that it was there. I have to. I have sat down and watched a few episodes of that with my granddaughter. And then there's a, I think there wasn't there a return to Oz kind of thing, Dorothy or something like that on, on that came out of the, the theaters. Um, didn't get to watch that one. It came out the same time as, as the James Franco one though. Yeah. Oz, though. But so I didn't get to watch that one, but I don't know how that one is, but yeah, there's a lot of Oz and, and um, I usually try to watch every single one that I can when I get a chance, but um, I'm, I'm always going to make sure to go out to Kickstarter. And there's a lot of, um, not a lot, a lot, but there's there's quite a bit of Oz themed stuff there on Kickstarter. There, there's uh, another Oz book coming out. Um, I think it's going to be on Indiegogo. Um, and I only know this because I was on another show promoting it, and they go, "You know, there's another Eric that has an Oz book coming out." And they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know, I know." This is called Operation Zephyr, and they're more like a a strike force. <laughs> Let's talk about what you have going on in the Kickstarter um, yeah, yeah. as far as like rewards and so forth. What are the different tiers that people can get into? Well, you got your basic, uh, just give me a dollar and I'll be happy to talk to you. <laughs> 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 uh, every, everybody that uh, pledges will get their name in the book. If they give me just a dollar or, or anything, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm just happy to finally get this project out. Uh, I'm opening up the project right now because sometimes I can't even remember what the pledges were. Uh, I spent I spent quite a bit of time putting the pledges together in Excel spreadsheets just to make sure I wasn't going to lose money and get enough money. <laughs> uh, so you got your basic level, a dollar, which, you know, gets your name in the book. And I got an entire page dedicated to all the backers. Uh, $3 will get you a, a digital copy, a PDF of the book. Um, and, and I, w- I want to tell everybody right now, the book is complete. All the art, everything's been complete. Uh, I, you're not giving me money and you're having to wait a year for a book to come out. Um, as soon as I get the money from Kickstarter, I'm going to send the, the pages off to the printer and get that printed, get the prints printed and the bookmarks and decals and stuff like that. So it, it'll be within a month, I'm hoping, of when the, the Kickstarter closes. Uh, but $3 gets you a digital copy. Uh, $5 gets you digital plus, which is going to get you a digital copy and a uh, 11 by 17 digital print of the cover art. And then we got uh, $12 or more will get you a digital copy, a uh, standard physical copy of the Zombieful World of Oz, number one, the regular uh, cover. It will get you a, a Zombieful World of Oz bookmark, a vinyl logo decal, and the digital print of the the cover art as well. $20 or more will get you all that, plus the variant cover, which is uh, basically the Scarecrow standing in a crowd of zombies all by himself. Because really, the Scarecrow has no flesh to him, so the zombies aren't really interested in eating him. <laughs> yeah, because you know, he's just kind of straw, fleshy. No flesh, but it's... 
I, I spent a lot of time drawing him without a mask to see how he'd look, and it just didn't look good. He looked all <laughs> scarred. He looked like uh, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> so I had to put a mask on him. So $30 or more gets you uh, all the previous content plus the, uh, I do believe it's the studio edition of the book, which includes four extra pages, which will be um, uh, some behind the scenes stuff of the making of the book, um, my character designs, what led up to which characters and uh, um, stuff like that. And then $50 or more, that includes a sketch cover. And I will hand draw a sketch onto that cover of one of the characters. Uh, probably be a waist-up shot or a headshot. Mostly it's going to be a waist-up shot. And then it'll be inked and penciled as well. And then 75 gets you everything, every cover, uh, the sketch cover, all that in one nice, convenient package, plus you know a physical print. And then the hundred dollars, which uh, I've only had one person pledge a hundred dollars, and that was my son, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a it's kind of a smaller package, but I'm going to print out a uh, eleven by seventeen of the uh, uh, one of the inked pages, and I'll do an artist remark on that page. And that's where an artist will hand draw something to a print to make it unique. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of original art from the book because I work almost one hundred percent digitally. So, I mean, let's let's talk about the actual project again. Um, yeah, sure. David and I were talking about it before you came on. Love the style. Thank you. Love what you did with with um, you kind of you know you kept the the for the most part the gray, the black and gray or the gray look that the book says that Dorothy views Kansas as. It's very flat, very gray. It, it's what it would always say. Um. Which I'm believing that once it gets to gets to Oz, there it's going to go back to color. You are 100 percent correct there. But <laughs> I um, we I love the the look. David was saying that he loves it. Um, and when we got to page 11, which is the the, the preview that you sent us, the mm -hmm. sample, I was like, no, I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> I can send you the full thing after this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it it, it is um, it's a great story. It's a great premise. Just, you know, just we never really thought about how Dorothy reacted after she came back from Oz, how what other people were going to think about her. Um, so we, we kind of get a look into that. Um, and then, you know, she gets drawn back in after all this time. Yeah, Dorothy's going to be she's going to be a little broken. I mean, spending all those years in a mental asylum and uh, thinking everything was a dream. Then all of a sudden. Zombies are showing up at her doorstep. Uh, the lion, uh, uh, Scarecrow, and Tin Woodman show up to save her, and you know she is going to be a little mentally broken for a little while, probably. Uh, I do have like three issues planned out. Uh, this first issue is twenty pages. Uh, the second issue, um, it's it's written, and I already had uh, all the sketch, the the pages laid out how I wanted them. And it was going to be 20 pages, but I've decided to expand that to 40. So the next issue is going to be 40 pages. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going, to, I'm going to put a lot more into it. You know, I had more stuff I wanted to put into, and I was kind of trying to push it over into the third issue, which was pr probably eventually going to have to have a fourth issue for this first story arc. But I wanted to keep it in three, uh, three issues, but no, I'm going to just expand uh, the second issue to 40 pages and the uh, third issue to 40 pages. Well, you know what? 
um, what's the time time frame for that? Well, uh, I got asked that before, and uh, unfortunately, you know, I do work full time, and this is what I do when I get home. Uh, <laughs> so I am hoping to have. Well, since it's almost it's already written, basically, I just got to draw it. So I'm hoping early next year I can get a jump on uh, having the Kickstarter ready for the second issue. Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, but I have a couple other projects that are lined up, and one of them is a paying gig, so I got I kind of got to do that one first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know how it is. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, what other projects or what else, what else are you working on that you can talk about that you know, you'd want people to know about? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, about four years ago, after I came up with the concept of uh, the Zombieful World of Oz, I got onto digital webbing. I don't know if you guys ever looked at that website. No. But it's it's a basically a kind of a website for artists and writers looking for artists and writers. And uh, so I started, I started drawing, and I've drawn all my life, ever since I was a kid. Uh, but, you know, sequential pages are kind of different from regular p- pinups. So I been drawing pinups all my life. I'd done some sequential pages, but they kind of, um, they didn't look too good. (laughs) I was looking for someone that needed an artist so I could start working on my sequentials. And I found uh, uh, Sean Delaney and Brian K. Morris, and uh, they were putting together a book for a celebration, a Superman celebration Metropolis. It was just a 10 page story that I could do. Uh, and they were going. It was going to raise uh, funds for the theater down there to uh, rebuild it. So I did a ten-page story in that, and that's uh, I hooked up with Brian K. Morris, and me and him have been uh, working together ever since then. So last year we put out. He wrote a book, uh, the Ghostly Tales of Spencer Spook, and it's a a, a little ghost that's uh, he actually predates uh, Casper the Ghost by a couple of years. And we had a permission by the owner of the character to do, do a story. And then the owner, uh, Ron France, uh, did a story as well. So I did a, drew a comic book for that. We did a fundraiser for that last year on Kickstarter. It got funded. We had it uh, produced. We're probably going to do a reprint on that. But a- after I get this Kickstarter done now with the Zombieful World of Oz, I'm working on a book. And Brian K. Morris is my writer on this. And it's about the uh, true life events of a uh, paranormal investigator up in uh, the Northeast. And uh, she has kind of gave us the uh, go ahead with uh, the story. Uh, she gave us the outline. Brian wrote it, sent it back to her, came back, he had to make some changes, went back. So uh, they selected me as the artist and um, that's going to be a fun one to work on. So that's exciting. Uh, to keep us up to date when, um, when you know, as stuff goes on, and we'll make sure to to give you a shout out as uh, as news comes in. Oh, cool! Yeah, I would appreciate that. Yeah, I'd, uh, I've made a lot of friends with this uh, uh, Kickstarter. A lot of people have been interested. In it. I'm really happy about that because yeah, I've I've spent the last five years, and it's been exciting for me to work on it. And a lot of people seem excited to see it, so I'm happy about that. Well, we've we've made uh, quite a bit of friends with this podcast because you know when someone does the, the Kickstarter, it's usually not the only project they're going to do, and uh, they'll they'll come up with another project, and they're like, "Hey, I have this project. Would, would you like me to come on?" I'm like, of course, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was listen- I listened to a few of the podcasts yesterday while I was at work uh, after you contacted me the other night. Yeah, they're really good. I really like them. They, I enjoyed them quite a bit. 
Nice, nice. So then, uh, thank you. If you, if you, like I said, if you have any other horror or projects that you want to you want to talk to us about, whether it be just yourself or or any of any other um, co creators that you're working with, like that, tell them to come on. We'll be more than happy to to talk to them. Oh, definitely. Um, I'll spread the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're we we mainly um, started off as movie reviews, but that's kind of been put on the back burner because. Uh, as I, as much as I would like to keep doing half and half, half half movie reviews, half for Kickstarter, um, or indie creators coming on, uh, usually from Kickstarter. Um, I've had other other uh, other mediums of of uh, crowdfunding that that come on, but it's mostly from Kickstarter. And I I really prefer to to put those episodes out as soon as as soon as we're we've done talking. Mainly because I want to be able to catch them while they're still in their Kickstarter phase to see if I can get somebody to to pledge out there at least help out and and spreading the word for to get that uh, get that funded oh yeah, yeah. Um, and plus it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun uh, getting to know creators and getting to to know especially when you get to really enjoy the the content they're making mm-hmm. um, it comes it becomes a lot more fun than just you know getting together and, and talking about a movie as much as i love talking about movies and talking about horror mm-hmm. um yeah, I, yeah. It's a lot more fun to talk to creators that actually do this on on uh, um, more what is it? I guess more professional <laughs> setting than, than where we're used to. Yeah, there seems to be a, there's a lot uh, more independent comics coming out right now. It seems like mm-hmm. uh, a lot. It's like a big boom in the indie scene uh, across Kickstarter and Indiegogo. A lot of stuff is coming out right now. And I just shared is is that the reason I like indies is that. For the most part, you get a start and you get an uh, uh, ending, or at least you get you don't get left hanging for for um, you know you usually get a con- conclusion to what to what you're reading, um, and you know where to start and you know where it finishes. It's not something where you're like you have to you're 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 struggling to figure out where to start, like right. the big boys. You know you you kind of have to just pick a point and and go from there, and either that or go all the way to the beginning and read years and years of comics to catch up <laughs> oh yeah you know i started out reading the x-men and i i had to drop off back in 2010 because i just can't even keep up with it anymore i got so bored with the stories i was still going to the comic book store getting my pull bag but i wasn't reading anything yeah i actually when um i had done that marvel unlimited for a while um mm-hmm. and i actually went back to the beginning of spider-man and I love the stories. It's just so many issues. Yeah. And I can't, the thing is that I can't, I'm one of the people who like, I need to start from the beginning. I can't pick up from the middle. And if I do that, I feel like I've, I've cheated. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I I can't compare the uh, indie comic scene with the, uh, uh, minor league baseball, uh, the minor league baseball players, I've, we got a couple teams here in St. Louis. Uh, you go see them, they're playing their hardest because they're trying to get big. I mean, they still have a passion for it, and they're not being paid big bucks to play. And play. They want to be paid big bucks to play, but they have to play their hardest to try to get to that level. And I think that's why a lot of these indie creators out there, I mean, they have a lot of passion for comics, more passion than a lot of the pros have right now. And they're not making a lot of money on this. I, I will barely make any money on this honestly after everything's printed and everything i probably won't make anything actually <laughs> but i'm gonna have some extra issues to take some local cons around here and sell them yeah, yeah. but i think it's the indie creators have a, a huge passion right now for uh, comic books and they and it's it's really showing a lot of the work out there oh definitely yeah i think the more that we've done this show the the
the bigger the community you realize there is of the indie comic world. Yeah, yeah, it, it is huge nowadays. So, is there um, any anything that you were were getting? Uh, what is it called? Excited about as far in the world of horror right now? Uh, the world of horror. Uh, unfortunately, this already came out. But I was really, really excited to see uh, the new Pet Cemetery. Me too, and I haven't been able to watch it. Maybe I haven't maybe, either. I really wanted to see that. Same reasons you haven't probably watched the same reasons I haven't been able to watch it. Yeah. yeah well, the wife is leaving town today for a couple of days. I might have to sneak out and see. But if I'm sneaking out and see a movie today, it's going to be uh, Endgame. <laughs> uh, <Endgame. laughs> I already got my tickets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't get, I didn't get tickets. I've seen them on eBay <laughs> sold for $10,000 for opening night. Holy oh my moly. God. I was like, I heard people talk about it, like, there's no way. So I went and looked and scrolled. Oh, yes, they have. 10,000, 5,000. These are the ones that have sold. That is crazy. I, I can wait a week. It's not going to be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, I can wait a couple of days. Like, yeah, yeah. I know they sold out the yeah. last two days, and um, even probably even today, they've sold out for for months or for a month already. Um, but yeah, I'll, right. I'll find a, I'll find a good good seats and get a good at a good theater. So I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, I would really like to see Pet Cemetery. I, it did already come out, didn't it? Yes, yes, it came out. Uh, yeah. It came out the week actually that I went to Dallas, which would have been on the thirtieth of okay. uh, March. Yeah, yeah, because I I really enjoyed the first one, and uh, I I never did read the book for that, but you know I I liked it. Then I saw they were doing a reboot, and I always get worried about reboots, but mm-hmm. typically a lot of the horror reboots have been really good. And they oh, just yeah. announced that James Wan was going to do uh, Salem's Lot. Oh, nice. Yeah, so oh, I'm excited for that one. Amazing. I'm excited for It Chapter 2. Um, the the Pet Cemetery reboot, it's, it had been in the works for years. I remember at one point, George Clooney was tied to the reboot. And then it just stayed, it stayed in limbo and it never moved on. And it, it really just died um and when i heard it, it was coming back and then of course they got they got um Lithgow to do play judd i'm like perfect i, I can't see anybody else playing that, that role yeah. now yeah 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 so, well what, one movie i am i would be excited about if it ever comes out uh and only because I, I love the first one so much i love the comic book series and that would be the crow Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they keep talking about a reboot and a reboot and a reboot, and you know, I, I would like to see it done you know, with a more modern twist on it, but uh, I really enjoyed the the first one quite a bit. Yeah, I, I hear that that one's also one of those that's just stuck in limbo. Yeah. It starts getting traction. I think even the Sandman, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it started getting traction, and then all of a sudden, it just fell apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see if these these properties ever come back come um, back into into mainstream or even if it's not mainstream, I wouldn't mind seeing an, an indie indie version of it uh, as long as it's done well. Right. Uh, yeah. Some some of these projects that don't they don't necessarily need big big money behind them um, to be made well, but right. it always it always helps. <laughs> I would like someone to relaunch. Um... Uh, Hearts in Atlantis, uh, the Stephen King movie, because the movie was horrible. (laughs) I I, I love that book, and the movie was just horrible. The um, and that's because it has a lot of tie-ins to the Dark Tower. So yeah, Yeah. I wonder. Well, you know, there's there's going to be a Dark Tower uh, series coming to, I believe, HBO or Prime. I'm not sure exactly what's coming. 
So um, I wonder if they're going to take some of those stories because there is a lot of tie-ins too to to Dark Tower, not only in, in that book but in a lot of the Stephen King books. I wonder what they're going to be able to to tie in and what they're going to be able to do to be able to go ahead and, and bring to that that series. Yeah, that should be interesting mm-hmm. to see. And hope I mean I, I know at one point the series was supposed to be connected to the movie. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. <laughs> Which you know, I, I thought the previews looked good. I wanted to see it, but uh, you know, after I saw reviews, I was like, oh, "Never mind." <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had seen uh, Matthew McConaughey being in the role for uh, Randall Flagg in in um, the Stand. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they might they might bring him back for that, but I, we'll we'll see. I guess we'll see because there's uh, the Stand is supposed to be another one that's coming back out. So. On uh, CBS, I believe too. CBS is bringing it back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of horror stuff coming out in the next couple of, of months and weeks. Yeah. Um, it, did we forget anything? Did we leave anything out? Did we look over anything over your project? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, um, I do have stretch goals, which I'm a little short of right now. Uh, but, you know, the biggest one of that is, uh, you know, if I hit 2000 which I think I'm under $200 away from uh, with a few days to go, uh, I will actually draw a, a sketch card for every uh, every backer and put in their package with them. Well, I did just wow. um, just go ahead and actually just go ahead and pledged, but oh. I also um, went and, and shared it on tw- on Twitter and on, on Facebook to see if we can get any other people to come on and, and get some money into it. Oh, I appreciate you. No, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, you know, people come back, but if people don't share and share it and like it, and it's hard to get the word out. That's something I made sure to to be to start saying at the end of these episodes is if you if um, if you hear like what you hear, go and back them. If yeah. you can't back it for any reason, yeah. share the share the link, share the even if it's the episode, share the episode so that <laughs> people who who do get a chance uh, to listen to it to watch the video on the Kickstarter or just even read the description. Yeah, if, definitely. If, yeah. If they get, if they like what they hear and like what they see to go ahead and put, even if it's like a dollar, five dollars, whatever, go right. in and put that because the, this is, this is the, the, the fandom that you like. You want to make sure you, you grow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah share, sharing is very important to the crowdfunding uh, scene out there. I mean, people don't have to pledge, you know, I, and when we were doing the Kickstarter for uh, Spencer spook last year, I mean, I, I, I emphasize you don't have to pledge any money, just share and like this post for me, you know, mm-hmm. wherever I posted it out. And I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, what are you most excited for, for those who are receiving the book to, to see in it or read it? Like, what are you hoping people to get out of it when um, they receive it? I'm hoping they love reading it as much as I loved working on it. Uh, and that, that it builds up a uh, anticipation for the next uh, issue. Because, you know, if I get a lot of feedback of people being happy, it's going to make me happier, me more mm-hmm. energetic to uh, get it done quicker. Well, I got to say that you've you've received great feedback from us because we love the the oh, yeah. artwork and we love the the story so far of what we read. Oh, so great. we um we recommend it for anybody listening. Well, do you guys have any more questions about it? Uh, any storyline questions or anything like that you'd like to know? Well, that actually, one I, I, sure, I had one. <laughs> actually, did did uh, forget one of the questions I was going to ask you yeah. is um. 
are, are you sticking to certain books uh, for the series or are you going to be pulling just from random books here and there as you go uh, on? Uh, I am pulling from uh, random books, pretty much the first uh, three books, I believe. Okay. Uh, the first story arc will uh, conclude and um, you'll see. OK, here's some of the characters that are not in the first issue that will be in the next two. Uh, Ozma. I was about to ask about that. <laughs> uh, Glinda. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack Pumpkinhead. Oh, which yeah. I, which I have the designs for. And I'll tell you right now, Jack. Jack's evil. Jack Jackson. Oh. He is going to be. He, <laughs> he's going to be horrible. Uh, and the wizard will actually show up too. The wizard. I'm always interested in how he's going to get get written in, in the different different adaptations because we see we seen the the version that we all know. Yeah. For the yeah. Most part. But there's so many different ways you can take that particular character. Uh, mine is kind of a uh, balding biker with a big long beard. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to, I can't wait to see more because like I said I love awesome. Uh, awesome yeah uh, and probably uh, okay so that's the first story arc of the first three issues uh, those characters will show up I do plan to include uh, TikTok and the Gnome King in my second story arc I think TikTok is one of my favorite characters yeah he is pretty cool <laughs> yeah and uh, what was it Mombi or the, the witch yeah, Mommy the Witch that uh, uh, turned uh, Ozma into Tip. Yeah, yeah, that's that was that was kind of a strange thing when I read that. When I was kind of surprised, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got transgender in Oz, awesome. <laughs> He's very progressive from way back then. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, my last question, and um, I really like the idea of like. Dorothy is crazy, right? That she comes back and nobody would believe her. And I wonder, um, are you looking to talk about mental health at all in the book? Or is that just sort of this like underlying? It, it's a little bit underlining. Uh, I'm hoping um, uh, to include in the stories how you see it's affecting Dorothy. And actually for the second issue, um, I asked my uh, author friend, Brian K. Morris, to write a four-page story about Dorothy being in the mental hospital. Oh, like during those mm. that she's in there? That's yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I asked him to, if he'd, he'd be willing to do that. He was pretty excited about it. I mean, he knocked it out in like uh, two days. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, I want to... Uh, uh, people to realize that uh, she's not crazy, but you know, it, it does, you know, there, there's stuff out. I mean, it weighs on people when people think they're crazy or if they got some kind of mental mm -hmm. issues. I mean, you know, there's depression and all that kind of stuff. And it will affect her through throughout the story. Well, I would say to think about it, you went through this big old ordeal at Oz. you come back, no one believes you. They take you to, and lock you up and then you for the next eight years you're being told you're crazy every day you're being told you're crazy it's it's like i said just i can i can't even imagine being told that something that happened to me that is so i guess ingrained in me didn't happen and you're being told that you need to be i think they even said that she might have to be lobotomized at one point mm -hmm. um, so i can't i can't even think about about how that would feel just hearing it over and over again mm, yeah yeah <clears throat> kind of like so I uh, grew up with my dad showing me the Wizard of Oz all the time and like my favorite was the color changing horse but 
I really enjoyed your your perspective on the the, the take of the story. Thank you. Oh, th th thank you, thank you for uh, having me on, guys. I really appreciate it, and uh, it's been fun. Well, it's our pleasure. Like I said, if you have anything else, just let us know. Keep in touch with us, and we'll be more than happy to go ahead and have you back on the show to talk about any other any other project that you're working on. Awesome, I'd love that. Yeah, this is fun. All right. Well, yeah, and we'll share it on all social media and bump it around and make sure the word gets out about the book. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, it was our pleasure talking to you. Um, once again, guys, Zombie Full World of Oz. We recommend it. Uh, get out there. We'll, we'll be sharing it on the Twitter and on on Facebook pages. So if uh, you see those, go ahead and share them. Make sure that that, that people get get their um, get to see what's going on with with this project. Uh, once again, thank you again, and we'll we'll go ahead and, and um, leave it there. Thanks for everyone who tuned in, and we'll see you guys next time. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.